Welcome to season six of Fridays with Flea Style. This podcast is for the makers and shakers, doers and dreamers. It's all about supporting small businesses and unique style through candid creatives willing to share their life stories as well as advice, inspiration and support to help you design your best life. I'm Brittany Cobb, your host and the founder of Flea Style. I started this business 10 years ago, ironically, the same week I was laid off from my day job. What started as a small holiday pop-up market and side hustle is a growing retail and media company. My little market a decade ago has grown into huge national shopping events, retail stores, creative workshops, e-commerce, and more. At the core of everything we do, Fleastyle's mission is to champion small businesses and unique style through authentic retail and digital experiences. I've walked in your shoes. I know what it's like to feel unsure of your next steps. I know the everyday highs and lows of owning a small business or deeply desiring to do so. That's why we started this podcast, to be a comforting friend in your journey, whatever that looks like for you. We're so happy you found us and welcome you into our Fleastyle family. This is Fridays with Fleastyle. You guys, I'm so honored to be on a podcast that I really believe in and love listening to. Our friends at Vistaprint have the the coolest podcast called Small Business Stories, where they tell stories about entrepreneurs and their small business journeys. And they invited me to tell mine. I am just so honored about this experience and had the best time talking through my early days, my pitfalls, my failures, some successes, and just never shared before tips and tricks that I was just elated to tell them and y'all and hope you'll go listen over there. It was really a fun experience and I definitely let it all hang out. I told the good, bad and ugly. So do not miss this hour conversation with our friends over at Vistaprint. The podcast again is called Small Business Stories and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast or on iTunes. Hey guys, I can't believe it's our final episode of season six of Fridays with Lee Style. Thank you for being here. We have so much going on. We just wrapped up Small Business Saturday. Thank you so much for all your support for our company and our makers and shakers. And then we're rolling right into Market at the Star tomorrow here at the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters. This is a big one. Not only do we love this event, it's our big holiday event, but it's also our first Market at the Star with a store here at the Star. So not only do you get to shop our makers, a hundred plus booths outside here, but you get to come see our brick and mortar. If you haven't already taste our food at heirloom hall and just kind of see what we've been talking about for the past year. So it's a big day. We hope to see you with bells on tomorrow from 10 to six. Um, I am so excited about my guest today. I have to say I've been a fan for years and years of Tom Felicia. He is so funny. I grew up watching his show as a former interior designer. He's definitely an inspiration to me and to be able to sit, uh, I wish across from him, but on the phone with him and talk about his journey. Uh, it's just a pinch me moment. So I am so excited to roll right into that conversation. Get ready to laugh out loud. He is a riot. Let's go. Hey, Tom. Hello. How are you? I'm so excited I'm to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. And you're my final guest of season six. And I'm ending it with favorite. Oh, my God. You favorite. saved the best for last. <laughs> Completely. Very intentionally. Seriously. I love you. I'm such a fangirl. That's a li- well, thank you. I appreciate you being a fangirl. That's awesome. Um, and very much appreciated. I will tell you. When I said you saved the best for last, I didn't get to the part where I was going to say, but that person couldn't make it. So then you called me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I can already tell we're going to have so much fun. You're the best. Um, okay. Well, I've done my research and also have been following you from the like beginning. Like I'm a total queer eye OG. Like I love that show. Um, but let's, let's let the audience know like a little bit about your childhood. Where are you from? And were you always kind of an entrepreneurial spirit or did you like want to be an accountant or something? No. Okay. So I'm from upstate New York. I grew up, um, uh, I'm from Syracuse, New York, um, almost Canada, basically. And, um, and I still have a house up in uh, central New York in the Finger Lakes on Skinny Atlas Lake. So I'm still up there, um, even though I, although I live in New York City and my office is here. But I grew up up there. Um, I always was, you know, I was, when I was in elementary school, I was like in an advanced art program, um, and which was really fun and very cool. So I knew I was like creative and that was my space. I knew I was terrible at math and I couldn't spell. So I ruled all that out immediately. And then um, I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be an, I wanted to design cars and boats. I didn't know what, I knew I was in design. By the time I was in fifth grade, I started designing houses. Then in sixth grade, my friend Julie Banks and I started designing houses, and they would go on the principal's um, bulletin board, which was like, like that was like being on the cover of the New York Times, basically, in elementary school. And that was awesome, and I did that. And then at that point, I kind of stuck with that. It was like, it was all about designing houses and layouts and, really like I was fascinated by homes and buildings commercial and residential and I just I loved anything that came on a blueprint that that you would that would come out of a blueprint machine you know what I mean I was like so excited to see like drawings and elevations and plans and all that kind of stuff so that was, I knew that was my space you know so that was kind of yeah. a cool thing to know at that age um and my dad helped me learn how to draft and then I took drafting class, and um, I don't know. It was just, it was very, that was definitely, um, that was kind of where I started. And then I ended up, uh, my parents at some point moved to California. I went to college at Syracuse University, um, and I studied interior design. That was my major. And um, it was really hard to find a school that had, like, I wanted to be in the Greeks. I wanted like a real collegiate experience. So I wanted like to be in a fraternity and also be in an art school, which was like a weird sort of juxtaposition. But I found the right school, which was Syracuse and it had both. And I was able to have that like super collegiate experience and at the same time be in an, a really awesome design program in an art school. And, um, and I have a degree in interior design. And then I moved directly to New York City after I graduated, and I, well, I interned the year before at Parrish Hadley, and then I moved to New York, worked for Parrish Hadley for like a year and a half or like a year or something, and then I then worked for Robert Metzger for like another two and a half or three years, um, and then I worked for Jeffrey Bill Huber for like three or three and a half years, and then um, and then I went off on my own, and that's how... I, that sort of that sort of gets you to when I started my company, Tom Felicia Incorporated. Um, and You're kind of glazing I, over though, because Parrish Hadley is a big deal, and like graduate college and just go work there. You were obviously extremely talented. How did you get that job so young? Well, it's a kind of an interesting story. So, okay, so I when I was in my like 
junior year. No, no, when I was in my, like, in between my sophomore and my junior year, um, I think it was my sophomore and my junior year, but I was looking for an internship. Might have been my junior year. I was looking for my internship, and I told my roommates, like, oh, these designers are going to be calling, but, like, totally just, like, you really, like, you know, don't be weird or bizarre. Just, like, be polite, nice, <laughs> take information, and make sure I get it. So, you know, this is, like, a million years ago before a cell phone. So it was, like, you know, you had, like, I had to deal with my roommates, and I was, like, worried that they were going to scare them away. Anyways, um, like, people like Thomas Britt would call my, like, my college apartment and be, like, hello, it's out there. And they thought it was me making a joke. And so they started, like, kind of, like, sort of, for lack of a better word, like, they started kind of screwing around with him on the phone <laughs> and thinking it was me and it wasn't. Anyway, so that was kind of how it was going for a little bit. Finally, um, I decided, I was like, I definitely want to work at Parrish Hadley. I loved Elbert. So I just called him and said, hi, my name's Tom Felicia, and I'm calling from Syracuse University. It kind of sounded like I worked there and I wasn't a student. So he thought maybe he was going to maybe get like a honorary degree or something but anyways it was just me on the phone and i said <laughs> hey um i'm tom felicia i'm an interior design student i'm going to be in new york in like two weeks i'd love to show you my portfolio in the event that you're interviewing for the position of an intern and he was like we are that sounds great you know please come in i couldn't believe it worked i went in i met with him for like a half hour and then he ended up giving me a tour of the office and showing me everybody's work and introducing me to everybody and, like, the next day they offered me the internship. Wow. So that's how I got my first job with them. It's actually an internship between my junior and my senior year. And then I, um, and then, um, I did that that summer, which was amazing. And then I went to Greece for, like, three weeks at the end of the summer. So it was, like, the most amazing summer ever. Um, yeah. And I was like, I couldn't believe how cool it was. Then I worked with them for like a week over Christmas. I moved, I went to California to see my parents. And I went back to New York and I stayed for like a week in New York and, and worked with them for a week and just helped them like do basically whatever. And I worked for, like I kind of did stuff for David Kleinberg. And then when I went back to school, um, I called them and asked them if they had a position um, after I graduated. And they said, absolutely. They um, they were ready for me, and they had a position for me. So I basically started with them right out of college. Like I think I had like a, I think I had like a week and a half or two week gap between like graduating and sort of starting at Paris Hadley. So it was awesome. Wow. It was a really great. It was an amazing experience and a great springboard, amazing place to start. Absolutely. I have the funniest quick story about Albert Hadley. I was a journalist at the Dallas Morning News writing about home design. And we were doing an, a piece inspired by, you know, his iconic style. And I wanted a quote and I was going to, you know, I was trying to find someone to talk to. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to see if I can reach someone at his office. And so I started looking up numbers and I went through this was back in like, I don't know, 2004, something like that. And um I just went through like the white pages thinking maybe I can find a number. And I found this number under him. I called it and it was his house and he picked up and he talked to me for like an hour and just would not want to get off the phone. It was so much fun. And I just thought, I just talked to him like, oh my gosh, it was the one of my favorite stories ever because he was so friendly 
and yeah. just, I think, tickled to talk. And I could, I can imagine if, you know, you called him up and wanted an internship, I could just imagine him giving you that tour. He was so lovely. Yo, know, he was, by the way, he was so lovely. He was so approachable. Um, he was so down to earth. And he loved to talk about design. And he loved anybody that was interested, fascinated, yeah. um, inspired, um, thoughtful about design at any level. So he was just so, you know, he like, he was like a real designer's designer, you know, which was so cool. And I think it was such a great place for me to start because it really did sort of set the tone for, you know, being approachable, being down to earth, um, being practical at the same time, being very sort of, you know, creative, um, and being, um, being classic and timeless at the same time, being innovative and fresh. What I really loved about him because he always had that sort of yin and yang, you know, which was so cool because he was such a modernist, but he was also so classic. So it was really mm-hmm. kind of great. I loved working with him. Yeah, I bet. So um, you, you start your own thing eventually. What year is that? Um, I opened my company in the September of 1998. Okay. And, and you um, talk to us about yeah. that and like how you decided to start your own thing. I know a ton of our listeners are, you know, not maybe to that point, but that's their dream is to take it away from the corporate job or working for someone else and the leap to do it themselves. How did you make that decision? How'd you do it? Well, you know, I will say, I mean, I do think that like owning your own company is definitely something that you definitely want to really think about before you do because you really have to be an entrepreneur and really enjoy risk-taking and enjoy that part of it. Some people just don't love that part of business ownership and it can be overwhelming for people because it just, you you know, I mean, it's something that I really, it's amazing to me when I did it what I thought I was like, I'll be able to make my own hours. I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to do this. <laughs> it's so not that. Right. Um, I definitely think it fits my personality to be doing it the way I'm doing it. But I do say that, you know, not everyone wants to work at a big company like Google. Not everybody wants to work, you know, in an office, not everybody. You have to really know what your DNA is and like what fits your personality um, and your comfort zone. Um, So I started because I just thought, you know, I knew I didn't want to work in a traditional interior design firm where it was just like doing interiors for residential. I wanted to do residential. I wanted to do commercial. I wanted to do product. Um, I was at that time thinking about wouldn't it be fun? I was watching all these new TV shows and thinking television was kind of interesting. I didn't know how to break into that world. Um, And I just. I just loved the idea of like sort of the democracy of design, like design actually having the ability to sort of like communicate to more than just the sort of 1% of the 1%, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. what design was as far as I knew at that time, because I was working for Jeffrey Bill Huber and Albert Hadley and Robert Metzger. And, you know, everyone had a private airplane and lived in a 20,000 square foot house in Connecticut and Greenwich or, lived on a, you know, in a, in a 10,000 square foot apartment on Park Avenue or, you know, it's so, or it, so it just kind of was like, you know, all of a sudden 
I was like, God, design is starting to become this thing that everybody wants to know about and that people are talking about design in a different way than they have in the past. It wasn't just like that's just for that one group, you know? So yeah. I was really excited about that. And that's what really drove me to start to go off on my own because I knew that the companies that I had worked for were a bit more traditional in that sense, that they were like, they, their business model was just like staying in that one lane and doing that one thing and doing it really well, which is awesome. But I kind of wanted to diversify into multiple lanes and I felt that that was the kind of the future of design because um, I saw the world of design changing. You know, I could see that, you know, um, everyone was talking about design in such a different way and design was starting to kind of really filter into retail and it was in different price points and you could see it happening in the automotive industry. You started to see it happening with chefs at that time. And I was like, I think design, interior design is next. You know what I mean? It's the next thing that people are going to be interested in and it's going to be a little bit more accessible and I wanted to be a part of that sort of, you know, that, that movement. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine life now without designer collaborations at like Target or Bed Bath & Beyond, but they didn't exist back then. No, they, well, it was just starting in the smallest way possible and, you know, when I was in college, I also took classes in the industrial design program, which is product design. So I always had an interest in, like, designing products, and I knew that was something that would be interesting to me. And, I, you know, I just knew that I wanted to be able to diversify and do a variety of different things and at the same time also have the ability to communicate to more than one, um, you know, more than one demographic. You know? Yeah. So walk us through the early years of you starting your own thing. You take the risk. How soon after that did Queer Eye happen or what kind of put you on the map in a public way? Got it. Well, so I started my company in the fall, the September of 1998. And um, I had, I think I started with like, I hired one guy as sort of my office kind of person that would like help do paperwork and all of that. And then I kind of had like an assistant that was like a design assistant. And those were my, there was three of us. Um, and they, um, we started with like two projects that one was like a house in the Hamptons and one was an apartment in New York city. Um, and those were my first two jobs. And I thought, okay, let's see how this goes. Um, and within like, a month, I had, like, a third job, and then, like, two months later, I had, like, a fourth job, so all of a sudden, I had two assistants, an office manager, and I turned my living room and my apartment um, into, like, an office, and that worked for about, I would say, a year, and then I rented an office space in Soho, and I went from, like, um, I don't know, I think I was about one, two, three, four, five people I had at that point and myself. And I um, I was like, that, it just kind of moved pretty quickly. And that's how I did it. It was crazy. I couldn't believe I was able to even do that, you know, to like go out and take a lease and get an, an office. It was crazy. So I did that for about 
two years, maybe two and a half, three years, because I think it was 2000 and I want to say about 2003, uh, 2002, 2008, 98, 99, 2001. Yeah, it was about four, four or five years I had my company. And all of a sudden, um, Queer Eye became, uh, I got stuck in an elevator in my office building with my dog, Paco, who I thought was going to poop on everybody because he had to go to the bathroom <laughs> so bad. And then this one woman said, oh, my God, I have the worst news. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I have, uh, I'm, she was like, I'm having a panic attack and I'm claustrophobic. I, you know, and I said, well, you have bad news. Like, I've got real, real bad news. I said, my dog, she was on the floor. I mean, she was sitting on the floor, like, having a panic attack. I said, my dog is literally about to drop a bomb on you. So that's kind of how that got started. And then I told, and I kept her calm, and she was playing with my dog. And then I said, are you single? And then the fire department was coming, and they had to come through the hatch. And I said, you know, it could be like the guys from the calendar. It could be like. You could be like, this could be like your, you could get married and because this could be it. And they opened the hats and I was like, okay, bad news again. It's not the guys from the calendar. But... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so it was hilarious. So yeah. So, and then, and then like two months later, she called me and was like, Hey, um, well, she asked me if I was a comedian. First of all, I said, no, I'm an interior designer. And then, um, when we got out of the elevator, and then she called me and asked me if I wanted. It, it, she said there was this thing that came across her desk where they were looking for a designer that they that would be good on television, um, and that no you know, way, dude. Yeah, and that's how it came across. So uh, it, they said it had to be a, a reputable designer with like you know with like a with like uh, published work and like you know a, a background in design like a real designer, not just someone that like wants to be a designer. And, but it has to be somebody that would be good on television and that could design a spaces for men that are trying to like upgrade their, you know, whatever their interior or something like that. And I was like, perfect, perfect. And done. So yeah, so that's it. I met with them like five or six times and I, you know, I never, I didn't even think I got it because I thought I just, I didn't think that I was answering the questions right when I was doing all of these, like, interviews and then um all of a sudden out of nowhere i get a telephone call when i was driving back from a client's house in boston and they asked me if i wanted to if i wanted it wow and that's how it, I mean, it was just like a random telephone call i was driving a car in a rainstorm um and it was i literally my phone rang i answered it which i shouldn't have because i was driving in a rainstorm like a torrential downpour um and i answered the call and it was like you know they were like hey it's us we want to know if we decided to go with you for the show are you interested and i was like oh my god yeah they're like where are you and i'm like i'm in my car at that point i was like pulled into like a factory parking lot because i had to take the call and then i said let me think about it and i got off the phone and I called my brother and I said, what would you do? And then I called my dad and I go, what would you do? And they both said, my dad said, I would never do it in the first place, so don't ask me. But you're a risk taker, <laughs> so maybe you should do it. And my brother was like, I think you should do it. And I thought, you know, I get asked to decorate houses like once a month or every other month, you know, to decorate a house or maybe an office every once in a while. I said, but no one ever asked me to make a TV show and this could never happen again. So I said, you know what? 
it's a medium they've always thought was interesting and it'd be fun to make it to understand it. I never thought much about it becoming like a well-known famous show. I just thought it was like an interesting life experience that if I managed properly would probably maybe not ruin my career. And then I yeah. thought worst case scenario is I have to move to Aspen or Telluride for like, you know, three years and become a ski instructor and then sort of hit the scene <laughs> again, you know, and, uh, and maybe people will forget the terrible TV show that I made. But yeah. then the TV show was a major hit. Everybody loved it. It wasn't embarrassing. And, um, and Changed your life. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So how many years was the show on? Um, the show was basically on from like, I think 2003, I would say to like 2007. Which is a you know, good I, run. Well, that's that's a lot of TV. Four years. We were on television for four years. Yeah, it was a four-year so, run. What did that look like? So you were obviously filming a ton, which takes you out of life a little bit. And then were you still designing a lot of client stuff? Like what was yeah, that journey? So, no, like? Yeah. So I literally was. I mean, I had. I was the only one. Everyone else quit their jobs and became a television person exclusively. I was the one person who kept my company. I hired extra people to like take care of the fact that I wouldn't be there as much and I basically had one person that kind of followed me around and with like it was a combination of FedEx and a person following me around like with plans and showing me stuff and like bringing fabrics and then I'd have meetings in like the tra our trailer all the time and I would go and do like night meetings after I was done shooting or morning meetings before I was going to shoot um, sometimes I would, we would be shooting in Soho and I would like have two hours off in the middle of the day. I'd run over to my office and just get a whole bunch of stuff done. So, I mean, I was like keeping it glued together by the skin of my teeth, but I was able to do it for four years. So it was kind of crazy. But, you know, after Queer Eye ended, I went right into another three years of doing Dress My Nest in LA. So I was doing that in LA. I was, when we were filming in London, I was, FedEx packages, I was getting like 15 of them a day. Like, it was crazy. Uh, same thing when we were in Dallas and we were filming there and I was getting all these packages. So we were getting, yeah, I was getting a lot of, um, it was crazy what we were getting. You were hustling. Really I think that's, we see it a little bit now with Instagram stories. People can like show us into their lives a little bit, but even then we're still guarded. Like people don't realize how hard you had to work to make all that happen. Yeah, no, I know it was, it was, it was, and it was, yeah, and it was at a time, it was before social media, and it was like, you know, it was just like a whole, it was like a, there was like a, it was a lot, a lot of things were happening at that moment, you know, uh, both for me professionally, and technology, and just with television, and with just sort of recognition, and then all of a sudden I started my furniture line, um, I started the Tom Felicia Home Collection, um, and that now I celebrated my 10th year of the Tom Felicia home collection, um, this year, yes. we celebrated the 20th year of Tom Felicia incorporated, which was my interior design company that does both commercial and residential, which is based in New York city. Um, and, um, and then we also celebrated five years of my showroom, Sedgwick and Brattle, uh, which is in New York design center in New York city. And we're now looking at some other cities for it to go into. So hopefully that'll be happening soon. 
That's incredible. So do you um, consider yourself equal parts a designer, an interior designer, and a TV personality? Or is the TV thing just kind of um, a side hustle? Or like, wh- how would you describe what you do today? There's a lot uh, on your plate. Well, I mean, I'm, I definitely am, I'm, I am an interior designer and a designer. Of, I mean, I, you know, if you look at my resume, it'll say uh, interior designer, product designer, um, author, you know, television host, television personality. But I mean, at the end of the day, all of the things that I do are based off of the fact that I am an interior designer. I am designing products because I'm an interior designer. I am a television host or personality because I'm an interior designer. Um, I, you know, so all of the things that I do are a derivative of the fact that I am an interior designer. So that's what I call myself. But I do love the idea that we have a showroom and that running and owning a showroom and understanding how that business model works is really important. Um, as a as a business model, it's a really great thing for me to understand and be a part of. Um, also, having a showroom at High Point, we have a showroom at High Point for the Tom Felicia Home Collection. We have a like a 5,500 square foot showroom, and we show about 250 SKUs of furniture, new furniture every six months. Uh, at High Point, which is crazy. Um, we also have a design firm in New York. I have about 20 people in my design firm um, in Manhattan, and we do commercial and residential design. That's Tom Felicia Incorporated. And we're doing ski houses in Montana. We're doing California, Florida, uh, uh, Connecticut, upstate New York, Manhattan, um, New Jersey. Uh, you know, we, we're we working in Turks and Caicos right now. Um, you know, we, 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 I always say have fabrics, will travel. So we're, <laughs> we're doing projects. We do projects in the country, all over the country, outside of the country. Uh, we do commercial. We're doing hotels. We're doing restaurants. We're doing residences, uh, apartments, homes. We're doing new construction, you know, full construction, decorating. And then, of course, we're doing, um, you know, our product design, which I really love when we have Furniture, case good. We have upholstery, case goods, um, wall coverings, um, fabrics with Kravit. Um, we have rugs. We have we're, we have a whole home collection that we're, you know, we have bedding. So so we have all of these categories. So it's really cool. So it's fun. We're really building sort of a an, sort of a. We're slowly but surely kind of building really sort of a a well-rounded sort of collection or home collection um and it's been a really great journey for me i'm enjoying it and um and we've been very lucky to have great partners um licensed partners uh great clients um you know great friends to us in the industry it's just been you know so we've had a really great experience and you know working in television and i continue to work in television you know carson and i just did our new show get a room i've worked with hgtv i've worked with Style Network. We've worked with Bravo. I was in Bravo years ago. I just was in Bravo again. Um, you know, I'm doing a new digital show, which is kind of exciting. We wanted to try a digital show and see how that uh, sort of shakes out, see how that works. So that's like a whole new thing that I'm excited about doing. I'm doing that this winter. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just it's a lot of really cool things that we're able to do right now, um, both with product amazing design projects right now we have incredible projects that we're doing from 
know, Tribeca, you know, gorgeous Tribeca um, apartments to um, uptown apartments to um, beautiful homes in and around New York City, gorgeous houses in the Hamptons, um, hotel projects outside of the country in the in the Caribbean. So, I mean, it's just, you know, we're doing an amazing modern ski house in, uh, in, in, in Montana. I mean, so like really interesting, diverse projects, um, from, you know, really just really cool things. So I'm, I feel very sort of where I feel very, um, you know, fortunate to have all of these amazing, um, sort of awesome projects, great clients, really great partners. Um, you Do you know, sleep? For, for, it sounds exhausting yeah. to you. That is a so, lot. Yeah. yeah, still working in TV and now it's working digitally, which is like a new cool thing. And so it's just been, it's been a nice um, balance. You know, it's been a really great, trying to keep it balanced is probably one of the most difficult things, but I have an amazing team. I mean, you've been dealing with some of them just to sort of get us to this point today, which is awesome. But having a really great team, solid group of people that really understand not only me and what I'm doing and what we need to be doing as a bigger group, but what we have to be doing for our clients and for our products and just for our brand in general. And so it's been, it's been really cool. So I feel like, um, you know, it's been wonderful. Uh, I would say 20 years in too. I mean, you've put in the work to build it to that point, you know, that can't be. Yeah. Not yeah. sad. You've done a yeah, lot of I, groundwork to get there. Well, I will say absolutely. I mean, I am definitely a, I definitely am willing to put in the 12, 14 hour days, 12 to 14 hour days, like every day, you know, yeah. I mean, and just talking to people, communicating with people, designing, collaborating, um, um, you know, creative problem solving, uh, doing meetings, looking at plans, working with clients. I mean, I'm people have like, say when they look at my Instagram, they think it doesn't make sense that I could possibly be in all the places I am, but I am, and I'm, I am at the airport quite a bit, which is not the favor, my favorite part of my existence. But, you know, I realize how fortunate I'm to have all of these opportunities and I'm excited about all of them. So I really want to participate and interact with all of them. So I, I'm, you know, clients will hire me and say, do I really get to work with you? And I'm like, absolutely, because I really want to be involved. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. I'm, I'm not like trying not to be involved in this. Um, and I'm and each one of the projects that we work on, whether it's commercial or residential or product um, or television, they're all about design. They're all about smart, thoughtful, real design. Um, and so they all all of the things that we work on cross pollinate. So they're all things that um, really kind of inspire each. There's this great sort of uh, cross-pollination where things sort of, you know, sort of feed off of each other and build off of each other, and they become these springboards for not only the things that we're working on, but just for new ideas and new ways of doing business. And, you know, we're always trying to be a step ahead of sort of what's happening in the world of design. I mean, even sort of the way that we're structuring our business um, and trying to make it feel modern and fresh and, you know, kind of pushing for pushing the business of design forward. So that's something that we're excited about. 
walk me through like a day in the life of your shoes. I'm sure I know every day's very different, but with doing so much, like what time do you wake up? What are you doing for breakfast? What What does your day look well, like I until mean, like, you're for example, putting your head I, down? I woke up today. My alarm went off at 6.45. I was probably out of bed at about 7, 10. <laughs> Takes a while and a lot of snooze button things. But, <laughs> um, and then um, I put on um, running pants and a shirt, a heavy sweatshirt, and I went for a very, very short run, got a coffee, got my dogs, took them on a walk, fed them, um, got myself ready to go to the office, did about four or five telephone calls from my office, um, walked on the high line a little bit uh, to get a car, and a, another coffee, got to my office, um, two meetings with the client, with the, with the, uh, with the staff, you know, to do like, you know, go over things that we have to do, meet with various designers about things that we need to sort of finalize. Um, I had a, a, a meeting with a client. Um, we had a meeting about our holiday gift, uh, to some of our clients and our Chris in our holiday card. Um, I then, um, had a lunch with, uh, one of our clients that came into the, well, we went shopping and looked at a couple of lamps for her beach house. And then I'm now doing this. I will then be in the office until about six o'clock. Um, at that point, I will go home and eat and walk my dogs, hang out with them for a little bit. Um, I will have a drink with uh, a good friend of mine who I'm not going to see because uh, they're leaving for Thanksgiving tomorrow, and so am I. And uh, then I'm going to go on a date. And then I will come home and probably drunkenly pack um, <laughs> clothes go up to my house, which I have most of what I need up there anyways. And then I'll wake, get there, and I'll probably have some mixed match things that don't make any sense. But that'll be it. Then I'll go to bed, and tomorrow's a new day for me to, uh, I'll be heading up to my house for the holiday. Oh, that sounds like a full day. And I hope you have a really good date tonight. Good luck um, with that. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about it. I have my brother and his wife, my brother and my sister-in-law, they're really fun and awesome, and their two kids were amazing, my nieces, and then uh, my two of my friends are coming up, and then we're doing a really big uh, Thanksgiving with two of my best friends and their five daughters, who are my neighbors at my lake house, and um, and then they're, they're having like about 25 other people come over the same night. It's going to be like, it'll be like a 40-person Thanksgiving. Um, and then the next, and we do the turkey trot in the morning, and then we do a big lunch, and then um, and uh, it's kind of a lot of a lot of drinking after the turkey trot because it's usually pretty cold, and uh, <laughs> and then the next day I do an open house at my house, and then Saturdays usually we just sort of vegetate and everyone just kind of looks at each other and can't believe how many glasses of wine and <laughs> uh, and or tequila vodka or whatever else is your your, uh, you know, your yeah. choice of poison. And, uh, and yeah, and then we just kind of all sort of get ready for that Sunday drive. That <laughs> uh, sounds so fun. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I'm going to switch to the not as fun topic of owning a business. Cause I having, you know, owning one myself, I know how hard it is, but what, what's your, what's like the hardest part for you in owning your own business? What would you say is the most challenging thing? I loved how you talked about people needing to kind of really think about it or try to ask questions to know what it's really like. Cause it's not easy, but what right. are your challenges? Um, I, I would 
say the hardest part for me having the company and having, you know, as many, I mean, it's not, for me, 20 people is a lot, you know, because it just, you, it, especially if you connect with people, I'm a people person. So it's very hard for me to not, you know, we have one person who's out today because their mom is really not doing well at the moment. And so that's, mm-hmm. you know, we're all a little sad about that and worried about that. Um, so there's a lot of management of people, you know, there's a lot of like people have issues and needs and managing people is I think the most difficult part of owning a business and managing, knowing how to learn how to manage people well and, and, and manage a company with people because you really have to like, you're, you become a family, you know, at a certain level and you really have to build a culture and you have to also know how to sort of manage those relationships and those situations and people and the expectation of, you know, we, I created a company where we have, you know, health insurance and we have, like I said, we have to treat this like a real company because even though we're not 500 people, we have to treat it like that because I want this to be a real place where people want to be and it is a great place that nurtures sort of a culture, you know? So mm-hmm. that to me is a really... I don't think people really know when they, you don't know about all of those things like health insurance and, and, and all of the other components that go into really 401ks and all that kind of stuff that we offer. And I think that it's just, you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big undertaking. And I would say that part of it for me has always been like the most, like, you know, you have to learn about it and you have to like really think about it and, it's not intuitive if, if you're a designer, you know, it just seems like at least it wasn't for me. So um, it, that's been a really complicated and uh, interesting journey and we've gotten really good at it. Um, yeah. But a lot of that is just hiring good people that know how to do it and can try to, you can sort of train me to understand it. But I think, you know, having the design part of it and the design meetings and the designers and traveling and, working with the clients. That's the easy part for me. It's really the running of the day-to-day of the business and the running of the business. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot of balls in the air and a lot of people and a lot of situations. And you just have to really like, you that it, it, it can be overwhelming, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite part about owning your own business? Um, my favorite part about owning my business is that I'm the kind of person that I love, you know, exploring like new business models and like new things and like constantly looking and thinking like, Hey, we could, let's, let's think about opening a place here. Let's think about doing this. Let's, let's knock this wall down and add more space and maybe show more product. And I'm always kind of like trying to push it a little bit further and, I enjoyed that process because I love that creative process. I love the creative process of design, but I'm also loving the creative process of business and growing the business. So for me, this has been a really, um, I, I, I really enjoy that. For me, it's fun, you know, growing the business, um, pushing the envelope, you know, collaborating with people. I love that part of it. Yeah. How do you stay motivated, whether someone's, you know, in a business right now and kind of a rut or wanting to 
I don't know, they're going through growing pains or something in their own business. How do you kind of get out of that and stay motivated to keep going? Because we all know the success in business is just to keep pushing and longevity yeah. and not giving up. But like, how do you not give up? I know you've seen very tough times, I'm sure, whether it's employee I know, drama I have, or... Hey, I will say this. I love what I do. And I'm always trying to like take it to the next level, make it even that much more advanced and like just bring it I, I just I don't know I just feel like I for me it's always been I'm just passionate about it I think and I think about it you know when I'm in a car on a plane when I'm on my way to work when I'm at my desk when I'm meeting clients when I see other businesses when I'm I'm just like it just I'm constantly looking around and thinking about what's possible like how yeah. can we you know, and so I think, you know, design is a is an interesting business. You know, it's like, it in in some ways, how to make design scalable, how to make design modern. You know, a modern business model has been something that's been really interesting to me. You know, to sort of do that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you say to somebody that's wanting to start their own business? Like, what would your be your best advice to that person? I would say take what you do very seriously and don't take yourself very seriously because I, love that. I find it really, really difficult to deal with people who think that they are all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and obviously having a sense of humor and not being too serious is what got you a big break. Like you have to take things lightly sometimes and have fun. Well, but I mean, you have to take what you do really seriously and be really good at what you do and be very focused and be very motivated and be very honest. But yeah. you can't take yourself too seriously or you'll just come across as a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell your your Syracuse uh, student today, like knowing what you know? What, what do you wish you would have known back then or what you would tell someone starting out fresh? Um, I would say that um, design is a language that everyone wants to speak and there is literally no limit to what you can do um, and I think that don't put yourself into a box you are a designer you can design furniture you can design phones you can design shoes you could design lighting you could design a building you could design a car you could design a boat uh, it doesn't just have to be decorating houses uh, so really think about what you love and think about the different things that you love. And I guarantee you other people love those things too and possibly in that combination. So don't rule out those things as diverse as they feel as being kind of like your business model and your approach. Knowing who you are and what your point of view is um, is really important to go out into the world because that is what separates you from another designer. Totally. Do you have a favorite segment of your business, something that kind of makes you the most excited to get out of bed in the morning or that you enjoy the most, like maybe filming for TV or working one-on-one -on -one with a client? I would say spending time on my boat. Like I love <laughs> on my boat. Like I really do. Not like working. On the weekends, I'm on my boat. I'm just like going around from house to house, party to party, friend, you know, like I'm, I would, you know, water skiing, hanging out, swimming off my boat, going, you know, just like, it's just, I just love 
when I'm on my boat, I just feel like I'm, you know, it gives me the ability to disconnect and yeah. allows me to, summer is my boat, winter is being on my skis. And, um, you know, I will be in, I already have uh, a couple ski trips planned of probably will be about four, um, but two of them are planned already. One is New Year's, one is soon after New Year's. But yeah, I love being on skis in the winter and being at the top of the mountain and really having that moment to like realize how little you are in the world um, and um, and you're just one little sort of speck and that gives you that moment to kind of step back and really kind of think and um, and just kind of like recharge and have that space and that freedom and that ability to just start to like think about things and get excited about things and and say this is what I really should be doing right now and I want to be doing this and I need to focus on that and it just gives you that time and I I really I love having those moments to turn off and be able to just be me and not be me as a designer or me as a television person me as any of that stuff it's just you get to just sort of be yourself in your in your own kind of moment, you know, and you're just kind of like with yourself. Um, yeah. And it's really lovely. So I, I love, I love that. It sounds like you have a real grasp on work-life balance then. At least it comes across that way that you've kind of found what works for you. Do you have any other advice to that on how people can kind of strike that? It's so hard today yeah, with I would so say, much noise. I would say this. I would say do not underestimate the power of fun. You know, and mm. I love to have a great time. I love to laugh. I love to be with my friends. I love to travel. Um, I love to look at design when I'm not having to think about design in a practical way. And I love to just, you know, I like to just, I definitely like, I, I enjoy my life. And I recommend everybody enjoy their life, you know, enjoy their time. You know, I always, you know, if there's one thing, that I would tell people that I've learned is that time is what, you know, time to me is luxury. And when you have the ability to have that, that luxury around you, to have that time, to have the time to travel, to have the time to relax, to have the time to be inspired, to have the time to think, to have the time to be creative. Time is so amazing. And, um, and we're so lucky to have time and the time that we have, we have to be thankful for. And I just, I can't tell you how much, um, you know, I just see that to me, the, the word luxury is synonymous with time. I love that. Um, well with that, let's wrap into our final, uh, segment that we like to do here. It's like a quick frothy Q and a to let us get to know you a little yeah. bit better. Uh, I'm it. just going to say hey. things off the top of my head and you too. Okay. You ready? Okay, ready to go. Here we go. Okay. All right, here we go. Coffee or tea? Definitely coffee. Iced coffee. <laughs> Iced coffee. Okay. Uh, what's your typical bedtime? Midnight. And your typical wake-up time? Oh, God. So different. But I would say around 8, 7.30 to 8.30. <laughs> okay. Uh, dream vacation destination? Dream vacation destination. I'm dying to go to the Ice Hotel in Iceland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would be a dream interior design client? 
extreme interior design client. Me with a billion (laughs) dollars. That's so good. Uh, Last meal on earth would be? Last meal on earth would be New England clam bake. Yum. Um, Favorite color combo? Green and blue. Get specific, do you have a specific green and blue? What is that? Do you have a specific shade of green or blue? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say um, sort of a um, a slate gray, a slate, a slate blue gray mm-hmm. um, with sort of a strong, sassy Kelly green. <laughs> Love. Um, celebrity crush. Um, celebrity crush has to be, um, oh my God, what's his name? He was just in the movie with Lady Gaga. Oh my God. Uh, why can't I think of it? Bradley Cooper. What? Bradley Cooper. Yes. Bradley Cooper. Thank you. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. Currently on your playlist or currently listening to. Currently listening to. Um, oh my God, I would say, God, what's her name? Um, I just started getting into her. What's her name? Rogers. Uh, Maggie, Maggie Rogers. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to know, I'm a big cocktail girl. What's your go-to cocktail? I heard you talk about it a lot. My go-to cocktail is, um, super easy. If you want to know how to make it, I mean, a go-to easy cocktail that, like, honestly, you cannot go wrong with is cucumber, mint, cucumber and mint kettle one with mm-hmm. Pellegrino lemonada. Yum. Just put a cucumber slice refreshing. in it. So good. Flash of cucumber yeah. lemonada. So good. Love that. I called it, um, I called it skinny outlet highball. I made it up myself, and I called it skinny outlet highball. I love it. I'm going to do that. Uh, okay, I'm going to do two more. Uh, actually, three more. What would we be surprised to find on your bedside table or in your bedside table? Um, I would say on my bedside table, what would you be? What would you wait? What was the question? What would you be? What? What would we be surprised to find or or what would we find if it's not so surprising? What would you find on my bedside table? Yeah, like what are you about, going to sleep next to? I would say about, <laughs> Could get risky. Three, about 14 different beverages. <laughs> <laughs> I Sparkling water, flat water, and um, and um, chocolate almond milk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last one. Who would be a dream mentorship session for you? Who would you love to sit down with and pick their brain? Who would I love to sit down and pick their brain? Um, I would um, who would I love to sit down and pick their brain? I would say, um, oh God, let me just do this hard one. There's so many people. I mean, who is the person that I would love to pick their brain? Oh, I would say... Who's the guy that started? I can't think of his name. The guy that owns Tesla. I'm dying to meet him. 
uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon right? Musk. Yeah. Yep. Okay, my producer's saving you here, by the way. He keeps whispering all the Elon names. Musk, that's the guy. I definitely I wanted it. to talk to him because I feel like he's so interesting. Crazy. Yeah, did, yeah totally. Oh my gosh. Well, you've been so much fun. Uh, where can people find all of your things? I mean, we're going to have to have you on another hour to list them all, but like um, social media, main website. Go sedgwickandbrattle.com, S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K, Brattle, B-R-A-T-T-L-E, sedgwickandbrattle.com. Um, and you could go to Tom Felicia, T-H-O-M-F-I-L-I-C-I-A.com, um, Tom Felicia Inc.com. Um, and you could go to vanguard.com for furniture. You can see our collection there. You can, but you can get all of it when you go to Sedgwick and Brattle and to tomfelicia.com. And they can follow your every move on Instagram. And then you can also go to Instagram, Tom Felicia. You know, it's yes. like very easy. T-H-O-M-F-I-L-I-C-I-A. And, uh, and sort of keep up with us there as well. What's the, uh, Behind the spelling of your name, is is there any story to that, or is that a family name, or no? It's just so no, no. It's just a Tom. Oh, the T H O M. My, my yeah. brother's name is Jewel. My brother's name is Julius, and we, his nickname was Julie when he was a kid, and he hated having a name that people made fun of. So when I went from Tommy to Tom, he recommended that I put an H in it just so that it would make it complicated and difficult, <laughs> so that he wouldn't be the only dumbass with a weird name. So that's how that came about. And then my last name is complicated just because it's a complicated Italian name. I don't know. I love your name. I love that story behind Tom, too. My mom was Kelly, and all the boys spelled it with a Y, so she changed it to I. And I get it. We got to be unique. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, Tom, you're amazing. Like, well, thank you. You're awesome. I had so much fun. This was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes to keep up with new episodes and all the goodness we have planned for you. Visit fleestyle.com and follow us on Instagram at fleestyle for everything up our sleeves from new events and workshops to vendor stories on our blog and behind the scenes scoop about our new store opening this fall. Happy Friday, y'all. Same time and place next week. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be on Vista Prince podcast, December 10th. I talk about what it's like being in these shoes, tips and tricks, behind the scenes scoop. It's so good. Don't miss it. Also, don't miss their amazing discount they're gifting you guys. Up to 50% off holiday cards, wall calendars, retractable banners, posters and labels, and so much more. Just use code HOLIDAYBIZ, B-I-Z, for all the scoop.